You're listening to GQ on the Law with your host, financial solutions attorney, Gary Quackenbush. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to GQ on the Law. Good to have you along. Today, I'm going to play a radio broadcast that I was on called The Word on Wealth, where I hosted the show and talked specifically about special needs trusts. It's an interesting area of estate planning where you deal with individuals who are beneficiaries of a trust who are also receiving or could receive government assistance. If somebody does need government assistance and they inherit money, the government assistance goes away until the estate is spent. I'm going to be explaining in this show how special needs trusts work. The Word on Wealth on KPRZ is sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network. Word on Wealth on KPraise 1210 AM KPRC with five-star wealth manager, certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Investment advisory services are offered through Fusion Investment Advisors, an SEC registered investment advisor. Now, here's Marty. Hey, it's the five o'clock world on Tuesday, and I'm here to announce we are on fire tonight. I'm over – my office is in the Rancho Bernardo area between Carmel Mountain Ranch and Rancho Bernardo on Camino del Norte. And if you take Camino del Norte west towards the beach far enough, you'll be stopped by a bunch of fire trucks because there's a big fire. Um, whenever you're listening to the show, if you're listening live tonight, you probably know it's really warm out there. It's much cooler than Phoenix, but it's it's very warm out there for San Diego. We're having record highs for May, which is – I guess that's what a drought feels like. And we are on fire up there in North County, up in Penasquitos area. Crazy thing is, I um, my phone kept buzzing, getting text messages. I look at the text messages, and it says San Diego uh, SDPD emergency evacuation notice. Um, all of Penasquitos and all of Rancho Bernardo is um, on evacuation notice due to a, a fire up in the 4S Ranch area. Well, then if you get online, you realize it's actually over on the other side of the hill from where I live. Um, there was a couple of schools that were evacuated, evacuated, including the school where my wife works, which is up the street from me. But it was just kind of very interesting. There's so many times there, there are just these little events that happen in your life that make you think, hmm, am I ready? And my first thought when I got the text, my first thought was, I got to go home and evacuate. So I texted my wife, said, Cheryl, did you hear of the evacuation? She said, yes. So I texted back, what is the school doing? And she said, nothing yet. And then she texted back, I'm home. They closed the school. They bust all the kids to RB High School. Um, so they closed the Rolling Hills Elementary School, shipped all the kids to uh, RB High School until the end of the day. Then they'll ship them back to their homes. But, you know, I'm thinking, what do I do to evacuate? This is like the third, this is like the fourth time we've been evacuated in Rancho Penasquitos because we're near a hill. Um, it can burn down the hill, burn down my neighbor's house, and then jump across the street to mine. And it's really interesting where the first thought is, okay, it's a pain in the neck to evacuate. Am I ready? Because there are times when I feel really ready. Back, oh, several years ago, I was in 2010 when we got evacuated, I think it was. Um, we had been we had been preparing because we had evacuated before that a little bit. We've been, we kind of have this – we have a couple of file drawers that have a big red flag on them. Basically, you know, if we evacuate, grab these file drawers, throw them in the back of the car. 
Um, we have an instruction sheet in, in each room in the house on how to evacuate. And when we had kids, it was a little bit different because when the kids are home, we each had a route that we, you know, it's like my daughter would grab the stuff out of her room plus the photo albums. My son would do something else. But now it's just my wife and I at home. And it's like, well, so what do we do? We we really go through everybody's room and pull out the stuff that there's, get their treasure boxes, get the photo albums, put them in the car, get the file cabinet, grab the backup drive from the computer, grab my laptop, her laptop, the dog, the cat, and bail. So I'm just kind of thinking of this, man, am I prepared enough? Do, do I have my boogie bag where I just grab it and go? You know, we have these little 72-hour backpacks in the garage. Are they set up enough? Have we reviewed them? And it's just always such a good reminder when we have something like an emergency. So I'm looking at it going, okay, when I get home, I'm going to look and make sure that my 72-hour boogie bag is ready to go and that, you know, we have the file drawers tagged and what in each room would I really need to grab. And basically it's going to be a bunch of photo albums that my kids have left uh, because everything else is going to be on the hard drive that we grab or else on our laptops. But, you know, kind of along those lines, you're listening to The Word on Wealth. Marty Schneider's on um, out of town this week. He asked me if I'd please sit in. I'm here with him every Tuesday night anyway, so I don't mind sitting in by myself. It's a little lonely without Marty here. He's such a good host. He's been doing it for, I think, 300 years, and I've been with him for, I think, three or four years. And it's always been a really fun time to go through the stories. And I think about if I if I've been here, say, I think it's three and a half years with Marty, and if it's 50 times a year, so we've been doing it, you know, 150 shows, what kind of content have we provided? And I really hope that we've been providing good content. For those of you that are regular listeners, great. That's wonderful. I really appreciate it. I hope you get some good information. If you want to ask questions tonight, I'm going to talk about being prepared. Uh, because of this, the alerts this afternoon, I sent out notices to people that I'm in charge of in my area where we notify 50, or night. 16 of our neighbors, um, we have a text, uh, a little texting ring, and I text them and say, hey, this is Gary. You guys should know there's an evacuation thing. Just keep posted. We're not evacuating, not evacuating. Keep posted. So it's just kind of on my mind, and I was going to talk about estate planning anyway tonight. I'm going to do some specifics on um, how do you plan for an emergency? What is your estate plan going to look like? And we're going to talk about some specifics. I'm going to get into a little bit of detail with special needs trusts. We talked about power of attorneys last week, so if you re-listen to the show, you can hear about power of attorneys last week, the week before we talked about asset protection. Tonight, we're going to talk about emergencies and things that happen, and I, I want to just tell you some very interesting stories of things that I've found over the last 25 years of doing an estate planning practice that might help you to be a little more prepared in the event of an emergency from one reason or another. If you want to give me a call, be a part of the show. Ask me any question you want, 866 866- Five seven seven two four seven three. That's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. Call me, Attorney Gary Quackenbush, and be a part of the show. Eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. And if you have any questions for me offline, you can easily contact me through my website, gqlaw.com. That's GQ like Gary Quackenbush Law L A W G Q L A W dot com. There's a contact form there. Just type in your information. Get in contact with me. I will call you back or I'll give you a time when you can call me back. So that would be really cool. You can ask me whatever question. So if you want to be part of the show, 866-577-2473, 866-577-2473. What happens, uh, what happens if somebody dies and they don't have a living trust? What happens if somebody dies and they don't have a will and they haven't made those plans? 
And I think the answer is really going to vary and be different depending on the family situation. What I want to set up is let's talk about a family with four children, all under the age of 18. One is almost 18. They have no living trust. Basically, it's a big family. What happens when dad passes away? And what happens when mom passes away? So four kids, family, they're all under 18. What happens when you lose mom and dad? What happens to the kids? What happens to the stuff? Um, What kind of estate plan should you have? We'll talk about that specifically when we get back from the break, which we're going to take in just a minute. Then after that, in the next segment, I want to talk about more specifically about sudden emergencies and what happens. Because, you know, we are all, like Marty always says, we have one ticket into this life and we've got one ticket taking us out and we don't know when our ticket is punched. We don't know when that is. We don't know if that's because the fire comes raging through our house in the middle of the night or an earthquake and the house falls down or we're out traveling and doing something else or something happens with our body and we have a a heart attack or something wrong with your kidneys, whatever. You never know when that time comes. And we talk about the important things here on this radio show on KPRZ. We love our listeners. Our listeners, you know, KPRZ listeners tend to be planners. They tend to be people that um, are family. They love their families. They want to make sure their families are taken care of. And so that's what we're focusing on today's show is taking care of family, family protection, and making it easy. You guys, it's not all that difficult. I know there's a lot of estate planning attorneys out there, a lot of estate planning companies that try to make it sound like it's this big, huge, difficult thing, and it should cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. That's just simply not true. Estate planning is not as difficult as it's made to sound. It's just really not. Um, there's a way to make it simple. You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to go and you know on one of these websites and do it yourself and guess at it. You can get it done, you know, completely by an attorney, and it can be done simply, affordably. We'll talk about that when we get back. You're listening to Gary Quackenbush, attorney in California, here on KPRZ. If you want to be part of the show, call 866-577-2473, 866-577-2473. This is our attorney, attorney Gary Quackenbush. Word on Wealth, sitting in for Marty Schneider. We'll be right back. The Word on Wealth Financial Network with certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Call Marty now at 1-866-577-2473. Here's today's financial tip from KPRZ financial editor, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Hi, friends. Marty Schneider here. You know that my calling is to do financial plans for my listeners and clients. The unfortunate truth is that 80% of Americans don't have a plan or a strategy for their retirement. That helps to put together all the pieces of their puzzle. That includes their retirement plans through work, Social Security benefits, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, pension plans, and whatever else you might have. What I can offer is the chance to take all those pieces of your financial life and put them together into a strategy that can show you exactly what your retirement income might look like. And of course, we can then talk about ways to improve that picture and reduce your income taxes during your retirement years. It's a plan that other advisors charge up to $2,500 for, and I offer this as an absolutely free service. So call me for your complimentary consultation at 800-727-PLAN. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider, helping to minimize my client's taxes for 33 years. 800-727-PLAN. Plan to escape June gloom and warm up at La Quinta Resort and Club, where 41 pools, five golf courses, and incredible hiking await under pristine blue skies. Book now for incredible pre-summer rates starting at just $159 per night. Visit LaQuintaResort.com for details. 
Hi, this is Randy Bishop, CEO of Varengo Solar. Did you know power bills are expected to increase 40% in the next five years? That's why I founded Varengo Solar and why I'm so proud. We are now the number one residential solar installer in Southern California. We make it easy for homeowners to save thousands on their electric bills. All it takes is a five-minute phone call. We'll pull up a satellite image of your roof and tell you right there on the phone if you can switch to solar with no money out of pocket. There are no upfront costs because with Varengo, you don't pay for the solar panels. You pay for the solar power at a lower rate than your electric utility charges you. And if Varengo can't save you money, we won't take your business. You can go solar for zero down. Like Ed Asner says, Varengo really has made going solar a no-brainer. Call Varengo Solar at 800-539-0600. A five-minute phone call could save you thousands on your electric bills. 800-539-0600. That's 800-539-0600. Certain terms and conditions apply. CSLP number 9352623. It's a no-brainer. Kevin Davis here with Tracy from Monta Vista Village. Tracy, you're going to be sharing with us a little something different today, aren't you? I am, Kevin. You know, I'm always talking about a day in the life of our residents, but I'm going to switch gears, and I'm going to start talking about the reasons my residents chose to leave their house. So Mary left her house because she was not able to stand long enough to make herself a meal or to clean up afterwards due to back issues. So what happened was she wasn't eating well. Mary, being otherwise very independent, did not want to impose on her family to prepare meals for her. So she made the choice to move to Monta Vista Village because it afforded her the best way to remain in control of her own life and not have to depend on family or friends to do things for her. If this situation sounds familiar and maintaining control of your own life is important to you, give me a call. I'm at 619-465-1331 and see what your life could be like at Monta Vista Village. Or you can also go online to montavistavillage.com. Montavista Village, license number 374-600-564. The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. We called them. They contacted all of our creditors. They stopped the collections calls. They got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. The Word on Wealth Financial Network with certified financial planner Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Call Marty now at 1-866-577-2473. Hey, be a part of the show. 866-572-72473. You heard Shelly right before we came back on. 866-577-2473. You're listening to Attorney Gary Quackenbush here in San Diego, California. K-Praise. All my listeners love having you aboard. I promised we would talk a little bit about emergencies, emergency preparedness, um, and I'm going to do that through kind of the the um, feeling of estate planning and how that works. So in the situation that I described before the break, a family with four kids, all under the age of four, uh, and mom and dad, um, something happens to them. So let me give you a scenario. Mom and dad uh, pack up their bags. They leave their kids with a, uh, a babysitter. You know, they get a family member that comes over. They're going to drive back to, let's say, they're going to drive back to New York. And they have to do it kind of on an emergency because the husband's father dies. So husband's father dies. They got to pack up kind of quick because the, the funeral's coming up in a couple of days. 
They really don't have the money to fly, so they figured they're just going to drive. It's going to take them a while, but they'll just kind of make it into a little bit, a little bit of a trip. Actually, let's not have them go so far. Let's go have them go to Texas. So they're going to go to Texas for Dad's funeral, pack up their bags, bring over somebody to stay in their house with their four underage kids, and Mom and Dad drive off to the funeral. On the way there, they get into a horrible car accident. And in that car accident, both Mom and Dad are killed. Now, some of these facts are from a true story, but I'm changing them a little bit so we don't recognize who it is. And it was actually from many years ago. So mom and dad now have passed away. Um, the four kids now have no parents. And now you got to decide what to do. So what happens here in California, the emergency contact is going to be contacted. You have the babysitter or the caretaker of the children that's in the home now that's taking care of them. And there's got to be determination of who's going to take care of the children. Well, unfortunately, the parents didn't make provisions for what would happen to them if they passed away in the absence of their children, which they did. And now we have to determine in California who's going to take care of the children. Well, naturally, it's going to be the wife's sister, right? Or the husband's sister, or the husband's brother, or the wife's brother, or grandma, or grandpa. And some grandmas and grandpas are young, and some grandmas and grandpas are old. Some live nearby and some don't. So what happens now is you have multiple families, that'd be husband's family and wife's family, and they're each now going to move into position to try to see who's going to take care of the minor children. And they may not agree. And I'll tell you what happened specifically is they absolutely did not agree. The only thing that happened prior to the mom and dad leaving is they'd mentioned to a friend of theirs, would you take care of my children if something happened? And of course, the friend says, oh, yeah, of course I will. But don't talk like that. You're going to be fine. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Well, dad and mom passed away in a car crash. And now we have to decide who's going to take care of the kids. Well, the, the friend who was orally asked to take care of his children petitions through the court to be determined or be appointed as guardian. You have to give notice to all the family members. That would be the brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas, they all get notification that there's a petition for guardianship. Everybody passes around and looks at it and says, are you kidding me? This person's not even a member of our family. It's not a member of the husband's family or the wife's family. It's family friends of husband and wife who are now deceased. What a horrible show that went on. For the next three years, all we were having is fights. The grandparents are complaining they weren't getting enough visiting time. Some grandparents were wanting to um, not let them take care of the children. Some grandparents wanted to take just their grandchildren, not the grandchildren with the family they were now living with. The family that they were now living with, you know, as guardians, were they were trying to integrate these four children into the family, make everything good to go. And it just wasn't really working because there were so many outside forces from other members of the family. And I'll tell you why it all happened. It happened because there was no designation of guardian. Nobody was determined in writing appointed, nominated as the guardian. If that were the case, then the guardian nominee would have taken the paperwork to the court and said, here's the paperwork. It says I should be the guardian. I want to be appointed, and they would have been appointed. That puts them as first priority because other than that, there isn't any real first priority because if mom and dad have both died, who's the first priority? Well, it's going to be any member of the family on either side. So there isn't really going to be this first priority one person. And that causes a big problem. The simple, easy solution is to designate who would be a guardian of a minor child. And that's done through a will. It's not terribly difficult. 
Some people make it sound difficult. They make it sound awful. It's not terribly difficult. As a mom and dad, if you have minor children, you absolutely must. And I'm not just saying this because I make money doing estate plans. I've done it for 25 years. And I will tell you, you must have a designation of guardian who would take care of your children in the event of your death. Now, you might be saying, Gary, come on. This is just silly. I'm not going to die. Well, I agree. You probably won't. But there's a fire in Rancho Penasquitos, and we just got notification that we're supposed to evacuate or be ready to evacuate. I didn't expect that to happen. You know, I didn't expect to be evacuated. I deal with people every day, and they don't expect to pass away. They don't expect to have injuries. They don't expect to, you know, cut off a finger or get into a car crash. Driving today, I went to two different places today. And in the two times that I was out driving around, I saw four car crashes. A, one of them was severe. A couple of them were not. Fender benders, junk falls off a truck. But then one of them was a pretty bad smash up. Do you think those people went out this morning and said, you know what? I think I'm going to have a car crash. I should get my stuff in order. No. They think they're going to get to work just like they've done every other day. So am I trying to scare you? No, I'm not. I'm just trying to make you aware that there are certain things that need to be done. You think, oh, California law is fine. You know, if if my wife and I pass away, which is so unlikely, true, very unlikely, although it's more likely to die in a car than it is in an airplane, statistically. So yes, it's very, very unlikely. But in the, we will say, very, very unlikely event that you pass away, who's going to take care of your minor children? And that's huge because what does California do? Literally, and I'm not making this up, if you go out on a date, kids are at home, which you should be doing at least once a week as a married couple, right? Leave your children with a babysitter. Hopefully you've put down an emergency contact in the in the event of something happening. Uh, so if you don't come home from your date, the babysitter starts to get upset, calls the emergency contact, who then comes over, probably a neighbor, a friend, maybe a relative, and then the police are called. When the police come, they try to find out if there is something to designate who would be the guardian of these minor children because they don't want to take the kids away because I'll tell you what they do. If they take the children, they go to Polinsky Children's Center. That's where all the foster children are. Some of the kids that have had a really, really hard life where things aren't, you know, things are kind of tough. That's where your children go and they wait there until there's an appointment of guardian. Is that a good thing? No. They've just lost their parents. Now they're in Polinsky Children's Center. They're with strangers. They maybe get visits from family members. That's fine. And now there's going to be a court battle. Just like I talked about a few minutes ago, somebody's going to petition to be the guardian. If there's no will or guardian designation, then people are going to be petitioning. And now some psychologist is going to ask the child, who do you want to have as your mommy? Who do you want to have as your daddy? Now, is that a fair question for a child? You know it isn't. That's what I'm saying. Designate guardian by doing a will. Not that hard. Don't believe that it's a hard thing to do. It's something that has to be done. What if mom and dad don't agree on who would be the guardian? Well, to me, I don't care. Because if you guys both die at the same time, it might be an issue. Maybe you're going to have a little bit of an issue there. But the bottom line is your own separate will designates who would be the guardian. Don't put it off just because you can't agree. Agree. And I will tell you, absolutely 100% for sure, guaranteed, they will not be as good of a parent as you. Because you're the best parent. Because you are the parent. And if somebody takes over as guardian, they're going to do the best they can. So it's not going to be a perfect situation. It's going to be trauma and big and issues going on with the kids. But you just do the best you can. But you have to do something. Do not leave that decision to the courts, to your family, to your children. It's just not fair. 
So not a very difficult thing. I, I, I was preaching this on the radio a couple, oh, a month or so ago. I had a, a guy come in and listen to me on the radio, super nice guy. And he says, you know, Gary, you said it wasn't very difficult, but I kind of was wondering whether you were, you know, whether that was true. And he said, it really wasn't that hard. You made it easy. So we've got a way to make it easy. You fill out a checklist, get information, probably less information than you thought you'd have to provide. It's not as hard as you think. I'm not saying it's easy, pleasey. It's just not as hard as you think to set up an estate plan. And it's not as expensive as you think. But when you get it done, you're going to feel really good. Designate who's going to be the guardian, take care of your will, trust, all that kind of thing. You're listening to The Word on Wealth, talking about asset protection. We got a surprise evacuation notice in Penasquitos and Rancho Bernardo because of a big fire. Kind of put me on alert. You know what? We need to be on red alert in our families until we get our estate plans in order, get stuff put together, because you just got to take the time to do the things you need to do along the way. And I'm here to help you with that. This is attorney Gary Quackenbush sitting in for Marty Schneider Tuesday afternoon on The Word on Wealth on KPraise. Hey, my KPraise listeners, when we get back, I want to talk about some specialty issues maybe with trusts, okay? What if you have an issue where a child is receiving government assistance or has special needs or some issues? We'll talk about that when we get back. Please call and be a part of the show at 866-577-2473, 866-577-2473. We will be right back. Thank you. The Word on Wealth Financial Network with certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Call Marty now at 1-866-577-2473. From San Diego, this is the Word on Wealth Financial Network with the retirement professor, certified financial planner, and five-star wealth manager, Marty Schneider. Call and ask your questions about effective stewardship in your family finances, business, and retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Fusion Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Here's today's financial tip from KPRZ financial editor, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Hi, friends. Marty Schneider here, and I have two questions that have to be answered by everybody that has a retirement plan. First, do you know if you're in the top performing funds within your 401k plan? And second, do you have a risk management strategy for the next market crash? Or do you subscribe to the buy, hold, and pray theory of investing? Well, I personally encourage prayer over all of life's important decisions, but I also think it's important to have an in-place strategy that can answer both of those questions. Managing your 401k plan is not a dress rehearsal, and in my professional opinion, you must implement a risk management plan if you want any chance at all of ever retiring. It could mean the difference between getting there and not getting there. So if you'd like a real plan in place to manage that 401k or IRA account, call me to schedule your complimentary consultation at 800-727-PLAN. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider, 800-727-PLAN. Hello, this is God. I will be handling all of your problems and concerns today. That's my job. Your job is to give them to me and then to trust me. That is the first thing you see when you walk into step-by-step preschool in Vista. You can just feel the love of God. You can see it in the children and through the teachers. Here's Ashley, the lead teacher at Step-by-Step Preschool. We believe that training a child up in the Lord is the essential way that they will not depart from it ultimately. I love having kids learn the way they want to learn. I like that I can pray with my kids, that we can make, you know, Bible stories fun. It's a fun place to be. The first few years of your child's life builds the foundation for the rest of their lives. So if you're looking for a great Christian-based preschool, now is the time to call Step-by-Step Preschool in Vista. Plus, for all KPRZ listeners, they're offering no registration fee. Call today, 
760-941-8991. That's 760-941-8991. Police called and broke the bad news to Charles. His personal and financial information was found on an identity thief's computer disk. Nervous and confused, Charles called LifeLock, the industry leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock went into action, uncovering multiple fraudulent credit applications the identity thief was trying to open in his name. LifeLock shut them down and helped him restore his good name and credit. Charles found out the hard way that identity theft is a global crime, a crime that's become so complex you simply can't fight it alone. Your personal and financial information is everywhere. Don't wait for a call from the police before you take action. Visit LifeLock.com now or call and mention promo code AWARE to get a special 10% discount. Call 1-800-838-6010. 800-838-6010. 800-838-6010. See LifeLock.com for details. Network does not cover all transactions and scope may vary. The Word on Wealth Financial Network with certified financial planner Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Call Marty now at 1-866-577-2473. Hey, we're back listening to The Word on Wealth with Attorney Gary Quackenbush standing in for Marty Schneider. Uh, In this segment, we're going to talk about some specialty trusts. There's a thing called a special needs trust or a good Samaritan trust. When you're talking about estate planning, these are the things that get a little bit more, um, a little more detailed, a little more complex, you know, things that you need to discuss with somebody that knows what the heck they're talking about. What happens with a special needs trust is we have a beneficiary, perhaps a child that maybe has some special needs. Maybe it's autism or some type of uh, delinquency. Uh, Maybe it's um, some type of, you know, latent responsibility where, um, they're not going to be able to manage finances or manage their their own persons or maybe their own relationships or whatever. It would typically be somebody that might be as an adult under a conservatorship or it might be as a child somebody that's under some type of a, a permanent guardianship or something because of um, some issues or disabilities that they're dealing with. We refer to those in the estate planning community as special needs or a special needs child. What happens a lot of times with a special needs child is that would be a child that ultimately – would end up getting benefits for medical treatment um, from Medi-Cal, which is the government um, or the California equivalent of Medicaid, which comes from the federal government. So what happens is sometimes you have children with special needs that end up receiving government assistance. And if they inherit any money, that government assistance goes away until their money is all spent. So for example... Let's say I have a, a really good friend of mine. He has a child who's a special needs child, um, lives in a, a place where it's, it's a facility that, that trains him, helps him out. He's, his needs are, are pretty intense. Um, he has trouble communicating. He has some fragile X issues and some different issues with autism. So the child receives now um, assistance from the government and some of the government programs to be able to help maintain his, his comfort and his health and everything. If he inherited money from a you know a good intending uh, you know family member like let's say a grandma or grandpa passes away and leaves him fifty thousand dollars to you know help take care of his his special needs and maybe um, take care of you know special shoes or games or instructors or tutors or something like that. Well, what just happened if he inherits that money directly, he will lose his benefits. Any benefits he receives from the federal government, he will lose them until that money is spent down to nothing. 
And what happens is sometimes the benefits that they receive on a you know monetarily they receive on a monthly basis are would be so much more valuable than that fifty thousand dollars. And this is you know these are well-meaning grandparents, but it does happen. So instead of that, what you would do is set up what's called a special needs trust. Are you listening to the word on wealth, KPRZ, and my KPRZ listeners? Special needs trusts, that's what we're talking about. This is Attorney Gary Quackenbush here in San Diego. A special needs trust you set up, it would say that in the event of this child inheriting any money, the money would go into the special needs trust. So like, for example, if I had a special needs child, I would set up a special needs trust that says that any money that my child inherited should go into that trust. And I would also say that anybody that's going to bequeath or gift him anything, that they would say that that money goes into the special needs trust. The reason for that is because in a special needs trust, it's not actually owned or in the possession of the special needs child or the special needs beneficiary. It's taken care of by a trustee. So here's another trust. Okay, It's out of the hands of the government. It's not his or her asset, but it is available to him or her to use for specific purposes for maybe an enhanced wheelchair or maybe companionship travel or maybe a special tutor or something that the government would not cover. Special needs trusts can become incredibly valuable for special needs children, especially because the amount of money they get from the government is really not sufficient to really make them comfortable in a lot of cases. So so the special needs trust can be established even by the parents for that matter. Um, established so that this child, and sometimes they're not children anymore, they, you know, they're you know, 19, 20, 25, 30 years old, and they still need this assistance. The special needs trust being set up for them is governed by a trustee, and now they have money that's available to make their life more comfortable other than you know, beyond what the government's going to provide. And because the government is providing it, and now you have this extra money coming in the special needs trust, they can have an enhanced life. And they're, they're miraculous. When it, when it happens, we've set up many of them, and when you do set it up, and you see that it does what it's supposed to do. It's amazing, you know, how you can enhance the life of, of a, a special needs child, and then and still be able to kind of maintain, you know, some semblance of order. So that's the special needs trust. If you have any questions on it, go to my website, gqlaw.com, gq like Gary Quackenbush Law.com, and you can contact me. There's a contact form there, so you don't have to remember my phone number. Just remember GQ Law. So gqlaw.com contact form. Hey Gary, tell me about special needs trusts. And we can set an appointment, free consultation to KPRA's listeners, and we'll figure out what it would take to get a special needs trust together. If that's what you need, you know, what kind of, you know, what do we have to do? So I'm totally happy to do that. Go to gqlaw.com and contact me there. If you want to be part of the show to ask questions about, about that, you can call me right now at 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. If you want to talk to me about special needs trusts or any estate planning needs or requirements or other, just give me a call. I will not bite. I promise I'll answer your question. And hopefully those of you that are just listening, not wanting to call in, I totally get that. We'll answer some more questions as we go. Here's a situation, um, a family situation where mom and dad, they were kind of going to work on their estate plan. You know, they're kind of going along. Dad's got a good job. Mom's home taking care of the kids, um, raising the little ones and the high school kids and the college age kids and doing everything she can because that's what the family decided to do. Now, what happened in this situation is the dad got sick. And he became ill and had a heart attack, and the heart attack put him in a position to where he was now incapacitated, which means legally incompetent, legally unable to make decisions, couldn't manage money anymore, 
can't really manage his person or his health, but now he is unable to do it and as a result is unable to make decisions or appoint someone to do it for him. So here's the problem with that. The mom and dad, now that dad's disabled or incapacitated, if mom needs to get money from the house to take care of dad now that he's got these new needs, or if mom needs to refinance the house, or the mom needs to get you know borrow some money or something financial, in California it requires the husband and wife to sign. Now husband is alive but incapacitated. The husband cannot sign because he's incompetent to do so, but he must sign because the law is going to require it. Any contract is going to require it. So you have a real dilemma. They can't sell or refinance the house because dad's incapacitated and he's a part owner. So disability in California is actually much more difficult to deal with than somebody passing away. With disability, they're still alive and thus required to sign things, but they can't physically do it and they can't legally do it. So you run into this real terrible quandary. What you do then is you end up going to probate court to get a conservator appointed, a conservatorship set up. You can have the spouse or somebody else become the conservator and manage the money and the person of the individual that has these needs now. So the surprising thing is that dad became incapacitated. It was not expected. It wasn't like he was sitting around going, ah, you know, I'm going to do my estate plan today because I'm going to, be, I'm going to become incapacitated. Well, what happened is the, the heart attack rendered him incapable of doing that. Now, I remember many years ago I was in Denver, Colorado, working at a law office there, and I got a phone message from a secretary of mine. It was in my phone message slot, one of those little pink old-fashioned messages, and I got the message out, and it said on it, um, call um, call your mom something about a heart attack and your dad. I mean, literally, that's the message that I was I was flipping out. I'm in Colorado. I'm, you know, a, a long plane flight away, flight away, and here I get this crazy message, something about my dad. Well, sure enough, I call, um, and I find out that my dad had a heart attack. So I'm now going, oh my gosh, am I, you know, am I far away? Is he going to pass away? Is he incoherent now? Is he going to have some brain damage or whatever? He totally came through it fine, but it was really a scary thing. And believe me, that wasn't something that anybody was planning. We weren't planning. My dad, he's a healthy guy. He exercises, he eats well, he takes care of himself. You know, who would have thought that that happened when he was <coughs> actually about my age right now, which is kind of a scary thing. So you know, these are unexpected things that happened. He was lucky that he did not become incapacitated because of a heart attack or a stroke. He was very fortunate. You know, I've seen many people that were not as fortunate. And unfortunately, you know, and the, the, the problem is it's kind of scary. When you're not planned, it gets even scarier. It makes a big mess. So estate planning is important. In this case, I was talking about where the dad had a heart attack and now was incapacitated. If he had a trust, no problem. We would have put his property into the living trust, bank accounts, life insurance proceeds, um, you know, the home, the rentals, those would all have been in that trust. And then he becoming incapacitated was okay legally because the wife now would serve as the trustee and manage all the property without a hitch, without delay, could refinance the house, could sell the house, could do whatever she needed to do because she would now have authority to act in his stead. We can do that partly with power of attorneys as well. But the trust is kind of a magical thing that if it's done right, we're talking special needs trust, we're talking regular living trust, family trust. That provides you the asset protections. When I'm talking about emergency asset protection, I'm talking about living trusts, wills, power of attorneys, all the good stuff we're talking about here on The Word on Wealth. You're listening to attorney Gary Quackenbush sitting in for Marty Schneider on The Word on Wealth. 
12, 10 a.m. K-Praise, 866-577-2473. If you want to call and ask a question be part of the show, call me at 866-577-2473. I love being part of this the Christian community because they are family people that take care of business. And I love dealing with my K-Praise listeners. I have a lot of them that are clients. Thank you very much for those of you that are. And we'll be right back. We're going to talk about when we get back. You know, there's, there's a couple things. Let's talk about health care, health care power of attorneys. We'll be right back. The Word on Wealth Financial Network with certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Call Marty now at 1-866-577-2473. Here's today's financial tip from KPRZ financial editor, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Hi, friends. Marty Schneider here with an invitation for y'all to visit my brand new website. It's theretirementprofessor.com. That's all one word, theretirementprofessor.com. On my brand new website, we have a monthly newsletter. There's articles on retirement topics like Social Security and tax planning strategies. There's seminars and calculators and all sorts of educational materials designed to help folks to make informed decisions on their finances. You can also also contact me right there on the website if you have a question or if you want to schedule a consultation with me. So check it out, theretirementprofessor.com. Or if you prefer, you can call my offices directly at 800-727-PLAN. That's 800-727-PLAN. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. Call me for your free consultation and visit theretirementprofessor.com or call me at 800-727-PLAN. A recent nationwide survey has identified the top 50 most post-Christian cities in America, and San Diego ranked in the top 10. That's right, San Diego is among the top 10 most post-Christian cities in the nation. Hi, I'm James Fazio, Dean of Biblical Studies at Southern California Seminary, and I am committed to turning that statistic on its head. There's never been a greater need for Christians who can communicate the truth about Jesus Christ than there is today. Yet how can you share the gospel to a culture that has heard it before and decided to move away from it? The times have changed, and so must our approach. This is why I've put together a seven-week course called Apologetics and Evangelism, Engaging Culture with Truth. I'm inviting the first 100 KPRZ listeners who respond to this ad to register for the course for the nominal cost of $75, and I'll provide your textbooks and materials. Interested? Give us a call at 888-389-7244 or visit us online at socalsem.edu slash course. I'm child behavioral therapist James Lehman. I know you need the Total Transformation Program to turn around your child's behavior, but for some reason you haven't tried it. Maybe you're skeptical and doubt that it will work for you and your child. Listen, I'm willing to give away a 1,000 copies of the Total Transformation to the most skeptical of parents for free. All I need you to do is send me your feedback about how it works for you and your child, and the program will be free. You get the program for free, and I get the satisfaction of knowing how the Total Transformation helped your child. Anyone who says they can change your child's behavior should be willing to prove it. We're going to prove once and for all that the Total Transformation Program works for every behavior problem imaginable, and it'll be free to a thousand of my most skeptical customers. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-800-458-0905. 1-800-458-0905. That's 1-800-458-0905. 1-800-458-0905. The Word on Wealth Financial Network with certified financial planner Marty Schneider, the retirement professor. Call Marty now at 1-866-577-2473. 
Hey, welcome back to the Word on Wealth. Sitting in for Marty Schneider is attorney Gary Quackenbush here in San Diego. The mic's hot. And we got Ruben online from the San Diego area. Hey, Ruben, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. Now, uh, Todd says you have a question for me regarding a trust or a power of attorney. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, you know, I just got uh, part of the show, so I, you may have answered this already. But when, uh, what would be the advantage of having uh, a power of attorney as opposed to having a trust? Well, that's a really good question, Ruben, and I think that you you do both of them in combination because when you're talking about like doing an estate plan, I always do both. I do the power of attorneys because, see, a power of attorney works during if you became disabled or if you're totally fine, power of attorneys work. They don't work anymore after you die. A trust works while you're alive, if you're incapacitated, and once you die. So the power of attorneys complement the trust. You do power of attorneys that say that you give authority to your wife or to a brother or a trusted advisor to you know move money around or to put money in your trust. So power of attorneys are a very powerful document where you're giving somebody authority to act for you, and they're awesome. And I use them all the time in an estate plan. You do that, and you do a living trust. Okay. So does and that help? So both, yes, yes. So both, both of you would advise to do both of them. Uh, for for all for all situations or only under certain circumstances, I would I always do when I do a living trust for somebody I always do a power of attorney but I do a limited power of attorney so it's going to be you know just certain things like moving assets into the trust or putting money into the trust or taking care of money in certain situations I don't generally do like a general power of attorney that allows you to do everything so the two of them are important because a power of attorney. If you became incapacitated, you know, mentally incapable, and you have given somebody your power of attorney, then they can function for you, and they can help, you know, work your trust. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. That's a great question. Thanks for calling. That was Ruben from San Diego. If you want to be part of the show and ask me a question, 866-577-2473, 866-577-2473. Call and be part of the show. I won't embarrass you. You can use a fake name if you want, but I'd be happy to answer any questions regarding estate planning. Um, when I, so a couple of things that I wanted to talk about is, um, you know, what happens in a situation. You know, what about a power of attorney? How does that work? Now, a healthcare power of attorney. The reason they're so important is because you are giving somebody the ability to make a decision or a choice for you. So what you're doing. It's like in my own power of attorney. Let's say, no, let's use yours. Okay, let's say you have a power of attorney. Your power of attorney says that your brother is your healthcare power of attorney. And that means that if you go into the hospital and something happens and now you can't be communicated with your brother, or it could be your wife or whoever you assigned, your brother now is your power of attorney. And they will and he will be making those choices for you. The choices are going to be decided by you already because the power of attorney form says on it, right right on it, what do you want to do if you're on life support? Do you want to stay on it or be removed from it? Under what conditions do you want to be on life support or be removed from life support? Power of attorneys typically for healthcare talk about organ donation. Do you want your organs donated or not? And your power of attorney, and in my example, that's your brother. Your brother is the one that is not even deciding for you that your brother is carrying out your wishes. Why is that a big deal? Let me give you an example. I had a secretary. Her name was Lorraine. Had her. She was. It was a long time ago. 
when I was first starting in my practice, she went, she took about a week off and she went back because her mom was very sick and she went back to Louisiana. Her brother met her there. Her mother didn't have any estate plan, didn't have any healthcare power of attorney. And what had happened is the mom was in the hospital. It was going to be kind of her last little, you know, illness probably. And Lorraine and her brother were in the hospital. Mom then went basically into a coma. She was unconscious. The doctor says, yeah, her heart's still beating. We, you know, she's on the machines. She'll stay alive for a while. What do you guys want to do? Well, Lorraine was a, a an estate planning paralegal and understood what the deal was. So she said, my wife, my mom's brain function is not really there. The machines are keeping her alive. I think we need to remove the life support. The brother was adamant that mom was still here. Even though the machines were keeping her alive, he could hold her hand, and that he thought that she should be on the life support because at least mom were still here. Ultimately, mom passed away. When Lorraine came back after that, she sat down in my office. She sat right in front of my desk, and she looked at me, and she said, I just went through the worst time ever. There I was in the hospital with my brother. My mom was dying, and my brother and I were arguing over whether she should be unplugged or not because mom didn't make the decision. We fought over it. So the last few moments of my mom's life, we were arguing, my brother and I arguing over whether we should have my mom on life support or not. And she said, Gary, if you ever do an estate plan for somebody and do not insist that they do a healthcare power of attorney and they decide what they're going to do when they're on life support, that they want to be on or off, that yes, life support or no, yes, organ donation or no. If they, if you don't make them do that, I will quit. And she was very serious because she had such a bad experience. It was so awful that she said, you have to do healthcare power of attorneys for all of your estate planning clients or I'll leave you. And she was very serious. So I've done them ever since that day. I've done every time I do an estate plan for somebody, whether it's a will or a trust or some power of attorneys, we always do a healthcare power of attorney because of what I learned from Lorraine. It's something you need to do because it's your responsibility, it's your stewardship. Hey, you know, this is Christian radio. Christian radio, we're family people. What do family people do? Family people take care of families. And the way you do that is with a family plan. You do in a family estate plan, whether it's a will or trust, depending on what you need. Healthcare power of attorneys, financial power of attorneys, that's all part of it. We take care of families. Here on KPRZ, you listen to The Word on Wealth. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Hopefully you got some good information. If you want to get in contact with me, please do so through my web form on gqlaw.com. That's gqlaw.com, gqlaw.com. Get in contact with me there. With me there. It's really easy to remember. You can always call me at my phone. You know, My office phone is 855-MY-GQ-LAW, 855-MY-GQ-LAW. Or go to gqlaw.com. It's been a pleasure to be with you this evening. I hope you have a great evening. I love all you guys. We'll see. I'll be back next Tuesday, and Marty will be back. Marty will be back soon. Have a good afternoon. See ya. Thanks for listening to GQ on the Law. Financial Solutions Attorney Gary Quackenbush will be back next week with information, news, and tips. And remember, you can call Gary right now at one eight five five My GQ Law, or go to gqlaw.com. <laughs>